0: This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Taj. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Hello and welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast. I'm Jenna. And I'm Tosh. And you'll notice that we're a little bit cozier today. We are. We really do love each other. But we also love having extra guests in studio, which is why we are so cozy together, sharing a mic this week. Because right. we have two guests with us in studio. We have a tiny little room, but we have invited
1: two amazing women in with us. We have Katie and Erin in with us today.
0: Thanks for being here. Thanks for us. Yes, absolutely. So we've had you on the podcast before, but we'd like to give a little refresher to everyone who might not have heard the last time you were here. Um
2: professionally, mm-hmm. what is it that you do? So Erin and I are both pelvic floor physiotherapists, and pelvic floor physiotherapists are kind of like normal pelvic floor physio, normal like normal physiotherapists, good gracious, but we dive down below into conditions like urinary incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, things like pelvic and pubic bone pain, we help women prepare for birth, we help them recover from birth afterwards, and generally I think we just like to try to get people back to doing the exercises and activities that they want to do. Yeah. Fantastic. And you, you guys, guys have been working
0: together for a year and a half now? Yeah. We're approaching yeah, it. Getting yeah. close to two
3: years. Yeah. yeah. And you've uh, launched into something new and exciting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So we just started uh, Motherhood Link, which is going to be an online resource for, for moms. Uh, so really whether you're pregnant or you're wanting to get pregnant, um, prepare for birth and then postpartum as well as into your into your motherhood journey. So our first kind of foray on the website is that uh, we designed an online course so you can access it from anywhere in your yoga pants. Um, <laughs> and it's for moms prepping for birth. So it really targets the pelvic floor and core um, muscles and how to prepare properly during pregnancy for a really confident birth and recovery postpartum.
0: Which, Which I think is
3: fantastic (laughs) because
0: eight years ago I don't remember thinking about that at all, all. exactly
1: you <laughs> don't you, and it's not something I find that yeah you can go to those classes at the hospital and so on and so forth but it's not teaching you how to recover yourself or how to get through birthing a giant baby or a baby <laughs> or it doesn't matter how big the baby is it hurts yeah, yeah. so no easy way to get of it yeah true story yeah. No, and,
2: and
0: yes whether you have c-section whatever happens it still impacts <clears> your body your even <throat> if you're you feel like oh yeah i didn't go through a traumatic you know Mm -hmm. physical birth you may have had surgery you've had something
2: your body has changed there's no two ways about that Mm -hmm.
0: and i think that that. there is this illusion
2: that maybe a c-section is an easier way out it's not it's just a different way out so it has its own set of problems and dysfunctions and concerns that we have as well and i find that for for us both aaron and i have had cesareans and it was really kind of a passion project for us to make sure that that cesarean sections were included in these in this prepared to birth class because when you see a lot of these prepare to push classes Mm -hmm. it really has no regard for cesarean recovery and um we think that's something really really important that women should be focusing on yeah
3: and related to that we see people after they've had a cesarean and they'll say you know i'll ask them like are you leaking do you have vaginal heaviness and they're like well no i have a c-section and i'm like well pregnancy itself actually causes Mm -hmm. a lot of changes to your pelvic floor and your core and so i find sometimes they're ashamed to like admit because they're like i shouldn't have these problems if i've had a c-section so why am i having these issues um so yeah we really tried to build in like the stuff that you can do regardless of how the baby exits um to support you in that journey so and that's that's the thing like with a c-section there's like Public floor starts at your core,
1: yeah, and they are (laughs) moving. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Your your core is literally being ripped open. So I feel like it would almost be more. So I I try to use very calming
2: calming language (laughs) when I talk (laughs) about. Not ripped
1: open. open.
2: Gotcha. Okay. (laughs) But it is a surgical procedure, yeah. right? So yeah. to be very, very factual when you do a cesarean, um, what, what everyone recognizes as a C-section is that typically that horizontal incision that's made across the pelvis. But, but what, what we're not, not aware, aware of is that there's also a vertical incision, incision that happens internally. So we're so not we're cutting, cutting through, through the muscles per se, se but that white line, line between, between where the six-pack, or my six-pack, hypothetically, should be, they do open that up to get access into the pelvic cavity. So that's why women will feel like, like there's there's a lot of stretching and movement of tissue that happens so you can feel feelings from the pelvic bones on either side and up to the belly button um, and just because you see an incision that's horizontal it's kind of like the tip of the iceberg so mm-hmm. that's something that we feel like women should know this and the other problem that we we're seeing clinically is are women who really want a vaginal delivery and when we offer a little bit of cesarean education, they almost didn't want to jinx their chances of having a vaginal delivery. So they don't ever get that education if it's someone who ends up in an unplanned or an emergency section. Um, and with our course, what's nice is that you have access to it. It's evergreen. So if, if your birth didn't go as planned, you can go back and rewatch some of the sections that might pertain to you now, being a little bit more relevant.
3: Yeah,
0: yeah. I've found it very interesting to watch some of the stuff you guys have shared about cesarean because I had two cesareans. Mm-hmm. And didn't really give it much thought. Mm -hmm. I trusted the system, and I Mm -hmm. knew that that's what needed to happen. That was fine. But, yeah, I never, and thankfully didn't have a lot of complications from it, so I never really had to go into it. But then to watch, like, there's that one video you did with the pieces of felt. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) It shows you what actually happens to your body.
2: Ooh. So many layers. So so many layers. Mm -hmm. Wow, I really got lucky. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's a surgical procedure. Um, So for us, what we were seeing, what kind of spawned all this on, we were seeing, thankfully, women now know about pelvic floor physiotherapy, and they're coming in for preventative education. They're coming in to learn about different birth positions. They're coming in to learn about push techniques. They want to know how they can prepare their pelvic floor and their core for birth and afterwards. But... We were giving the same speech over and over and over again, and we thought, wouldn't it be great for people who don't have access to public care to yes. somehow be able to have access to it? And we were very familiar with this; like it was like we were, it's similar education that we give over and over again. Yeah. So we're like, why can't we just film this and and make it accessible to everyone? Yeah. So that's kind of what spurred us on to create this program. Yeah,
3: and like, what, what do, do you they say? A pound or an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of
2: cure. Like, that's kind of so true. Yeah,
3: <laughs> and uh, Katie has said it before, and I totally agree that when people stop saying saying, why didn't anyone tell me there was things I could be doing to prevent this, I think we'll really have like, met our mission and vision for, mm-hmm. for Motherhead Link because we want to help support people and, and knowing that there are things you can, prevention is our passion. So, yeah. even if you don't have problems, it's good to have the knowledge so that when you do run into them, you know exactly what to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that that is coming to the forefront now yeah. for yes. us here in New in Brunswick. Brunswick. I know, I know like you said, it, you know, eight years mm-hmm. ago. hmm crickets there was like yeah yeah, you go to that that one class at the hospital (laughs) maybe if you like (laughs) it but people didn't talk about prevention they didn't talk about these things a lot of these services didn't even exist in the province at that time Mm -hmm. so So i'm curious as to some some of your take on how things have shifted (laughs) over the last five ten years and where where you think that
2: we're going <coughs> sure. so I've attended those classes as a, <laughs> as a pregnant woman um, and I think they're very valuable but they're not from a physiotherapy perspective so mm-hmm. it's very it's kind of a medical perspective it's to help women get familiar with the environment where they'll be what their options are for medication um, a little bit of a description of what, what birth is like and for us, like they're not teaching how to access your pelvic floor, how to how to use your pelvic floor. They're not teaching you um, after delivery if this happens, try these three things. Like there are very very simple things that you can do to really help support yourself as far as public health is concerned. Um, so. In New Brunswick, unfortunately, well, we're, we're local to Moncton, and in Moncton right now, there's not anyone working in the public system that does public floor physiotherapy, so it's not an option for women. All we have is the private sector right now. Now, that's not true across Canada, and that's not true in different parts of New Brunswick as well, um, but we want that service to be available to women locally because we do feel it's so, so important. And for busy moms, too, going to these classes, I remember trying to schedule yeah. them into my life. Yeah. So as Erin said, <laughs> we can sit in our yoga pants and watch it online. You can take it in bite size amounts and that's just it's very convenient.
3: Yeah. And you can kinda like pick as you go. So you can choose what you think is relevant for you and, and like Katie said, if you need it later it's it's available and if not, you can it doesn't apply. Yeah. Absolutely. Walk. And it might apply it's for the second baby. For yeah. A hundred yeah. Yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah, you have access forever. So so, so we're on. There. and then your friend goes through something and you're like, Oh yeah. yeah.
0: That, I think that's how we really push the agenda on this and how we really get to that point where we're thinking preventatively is the more that those of us who have gone through something share it Mm -hmm. and find out, oh, I wish I'd known about this resource. Then we tell someone else, oh, you're pregnant. Hey, have you you checked checked out MotherLink? Yes. Yes. This exists. How do yeah. you know? We need these things. And yeah. We need to know about. Them. Here's your baby shower gift. Yeah. Great. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> we strongly support yeah. that. Yes. <laughs>
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so we're, we're talking a lot about pre, preemptive, <laughs> and and all that. What about after? Like for us that are you know seven, eight years after, and maybe there is still issues. What are things that women should be looking for um to find out that they
2: need to go and see you guys? Sure. So there's a saying in the pelvic physio world that once postpartum, always postpartum. Yeah. And what we see is there was this cohort of women that, were, that missed kind of um, a postpartum rehabilitation. And for them in our world, we still consider them to be postpartum. So we would still put them through similar exercises and mm-hmm. a similar assessment because they've, they've never, never had that before. So some of the signs that we want people to watch for are things like urinary incontinence. So leaking urine, um, leaking gas, and not being able to hold bowel movements. Those are those are. The bowels, we see that happen often enough after delivery, and it really keeps women housebound. down. It's something that they're very embarrassed about. They won't leave because they don't know what's going to happen. Um, there's help for that. We also talk about vaginal heaviness or the sensation that something is falling out, which is very common in the immediate postpartum time frame for women who've delivered vaginally. Uh, we're looking for things like pubic bone pain, pelvic pain, hip pain, low back pain, um, pain with intercourse, pain with sex, mm-hmm. uh, pain with tampon insertions, anything with, with pelvic penetration is what we look for. Mm-hmm. And then any sort of abdominal separation or doming that you would see. So if you did sit up and you saw a little tent or a valley that happened, we'd want that to be checked out as well.
3: Yeah. And even feeling like disconnected from your core. Like a lot, a lot of times I'll have people come in and they'll say to me, you know, I start the morning and I like look at myself in the mirror and I feel like, you know, my posture is good. I feel like I'm supported. And then kind of like towards the end of the day, they'll go like, I'm going to get in. And I notice like the you had a C-section, have more of an overhang or like, I feel like I don't have like much control of my muscles at the front. Because if you're not lean enough to see a diastasis, sometimes that's how it can present, like you won't see that domain or abdominal separation, because if you're like me, it's like it's harder
2: it's harder <laughs> to be able to <laughs> see
3: that happening, right? Um, and it can be on most people, like unless you're very, very lean, it can be tough to, to see. But even just like that disconnected, like you don't have the strength to, to lift your kids and do your like daily activities, that can be a sign that you might have a bit of an abdominal or core weakness that, that we can address too, so...
2: We're also coaching women to monitor even for tiny things. So I'll ask women, do you leak at all? And they'll say no. And I'm like, really? Even if your bladder's really, really full and you, th- you yeah. see three times in a row, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, but that doesn't count. But it does that count, count. <laughs> <laughs> because when we go through menopause, now we'll see hormonal changes. And mm-hmm. often what will happen is smaller, minor issues that weren't resolved will now become more major issues that we want to, that yeah. takes more, well, as you said, with prevention. So it takes more time, and resources, and energy to fix something at that stage.
3: Yeah, they're kind of like little warning signs. Yeah. Yeah. But I always think I say your core's job and pelvic floor included and in that is to manage pressure. And so if you start to see, like, little things happening like that, like three is a little leak, that's a sign that, like, something is not managing that pressure in that system very well. And, and you can optimize that. You yeah. And you can find ways to
2: help. That, so. And what happens in society is that gets normalized Yes, yeah, right? It's normal to pee your pants after you've had a baby, so just yeah. disregard it. Put a pad on, continue on, right? Yeah, don't don't jump, jump on trampolines, don't go, go yeah. running anymore, anything like that. that. Yeah. S- your life. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I have so many women <laughs> that come see us to return to running, or they just, like, they want to just go to the trampoline park, right? And they feel they can't participate in their children's lives to the magnitude that they like because they are being held back by something that's happening in their pelvic floor. And to me, that's a shame that that's happening. Yeah. And they should know that there's a resource out there that can help them with that.
0: When you're seeing patients and when you're talking with people, are you seeing that shift though in the way people are talking about it and approaching it? Like, are you having more people that are seem like they're a bit more open to say, I'm working or, you know, those type of things. Are you seeing
2: that shift yet? Yes, yes. we brought on two people to <laughs> come join in the clinic. Yeah. So, Aaron's working there. We have a wonderful colleague that we work with as well, Danielle, who works with us. So, it's becoming... Um, much more mainstream, and as I said, we're seeing this shift in mentality that people are coming in for the prevention now, which is nice, Um, but that lost cohort. You know, the baby boomers that are reaching menopause now, mm-hmm. I feel like they're someone that we're missing a little bit. So the local family doctors are doing a really good job of getting them to our office, but I want them to not have to wait for things to get so bad that it spurs them on right. to the family doctor. Mm-hmm. If they knew that leaking was abnormal to begin with, like if this is just the education that we understand as women, then they would come seek help before they get to stages where it's going to be more work for all of us involved to help them. Yep.
0: We have. Yeah. So with Motherhood Link, which is the online portion of what you're doing, mm-hmm. so you said you've got one kind of piece out there now that's about prevention. What's next? <laughs> <laughs> is there more I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah. like yeah. yeah. mean, yeah. our vision would be
3: to create resources that support people through that whole continuum of motherhood and once postpartum, always postpartum. So we even have had chatted about doing like a menopause link, so people that could access it that are in that phase of life versus like I think our next big step probably is that if you think of, like, social media and, like, what we know that's out there, there's this huge focus on, like, high-level exercise at, like, that six-week mark, and it's like, okay, so you're at six weeks, now how do I get back to doing what I was doing pre-pregnancy or, you know, earlier in life? But we, are, I think, are going to focus on that first zero to six-week mark where you're kind of in no, no-person's land. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I don't you're no longer feeling Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We, uh, I remember being, like, everyone kept checking the baby, and I was like, Yeah. What about me? I'm like,
0: yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I pushed for, like, Mm -hmm. an eternity and no results, right? So I'm, like, thinking, like, is anyone going to be, like, are your insights on the (laughs) inside? Are they still there? Um, But, yeah, so, like, that's where I find, like, people, we were talking about it a little bit, like, they'll get to that six-week mark and all of a sudden we think something magical has happened. But we really like to start seeing people, if they want to, and they feel ready to, even the simplest things, to start to support your pelvic health and support your recovery in that zero to six-week kind of time frame or fourth trimester time frame, I think that's probably our next big project. Yes.
2: <laughs> <I'm gonna laughs> kind of one annually. Yeah. yeah.
3: One annually. I think yeah. It's, a,
1: it's a really good goal, though, because there are a lot of us that think, exactly, exactly. six weeks, I'm cured. Yeah. You, know what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah like, I, yeah. Can start, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can start running again, and, I you know, like,
2: things can start heating up in
1: the bedroom again, whatever,
2: and it's not like that for everybody. It's but. an arbitrary number. Right. So six weeks is just an arbitrary number. So we see women that are fine to return yeah. to high-impact exercise at four weeks, and I see others, I mean, I see others that are 15 years out that aren't ready to return to high-impact exercise. So it just depends on the body, the type of pregnancy you have, the type of birth that you have. They're also different, and they're different, even within one woman, between pregnancies and deliveries, they can be different. So you need to be aware of those warning signs so that as you move through life, you can pick up on them when they first start to happen, or if you try a different activity. And, and what, I've, what I've noticed what I've before is that six-week appointment, a lot of women haven't test-driven the equipment by then, right? Mm-hmm. So they've been very um, really trying to take things easy for the six weeks, which is often the advice that they're given. Um, and then the doctor does due diligence and asks, you know, how have you been doing? Any problems with leaking, any pain? And they say no because they don't know yet. So, so then, then they give the six weeks clearance. They're fine to go back to trying intercourse and, and to returning to activity. And then they notice problems. Mm-hmm. And that's when they've lost access to gynecological care. Yeah. So they're certainly welcome to talk to their family doctor, but we know there's a percentage of women that don't have access to a family doctor. We know that it's an embarrassing nature, that conversation. So sometimes it's just not talked about. And moms are busy. So when, when you're going to the doctor like, the only time I make it to the doctor now is if I have a child that's yeah. sick. i have get to go for me. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes those topics just start coming up. Women take the back burner. But if you're mm-hmm. taught from the beginning what to watch for and how to progress yourself, I think just education is key.
0: Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. What about that, that cohort you're talking about, the ones that, you know, really didn't have that same education and that same discussion that we're having now? And I'm thinking, you know, I know that, A lot of people who listen to the podcast who come to Pickle Planet are getting more out of the baby phase and, you know, probably not that far closer than we'd (laughs) like to think (laughs) to that menopause. What are some of those warning signs Mm
3: -hmm. that should be in our heads? I think that's like a perfect time frame too when we do start to see problems creep up because it's like my kids are a little bit older, I'm sleeping better, I'm Mm -hmm. starting to like feel like i might have a little bit of time for myself maybe i'm hoping (laughs) um and so they will start to resume activities that they love and like lots of times like kitty was saying we've kind of like not had time for ourselves, and so we haven't rehabbed or strengthened and stuff like that and then they jump back into something that's really high level so like whether it's zumba or they want to run again something they haven't done and so warning signs are leaking of any sort so if you increase your Activity and you have any leakings, so whether fecal, so whether you're leaking stool or whether you're leaking urine, those are we like said big red flags, right? Um, vaginal heaviness that's one that people have a lot and won't talk about very well, or they ignore it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, that could feel like I've often have patients say, like, I feel like I have air or like something in my vagina, is what they'll they'll kind of describe it as, or heaviness.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, or they can see tissue start to come yeah. out. When they wipe or in the shower, they're like oh, oh, they feel they it. They're sitting where they used to once sit. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: absolutely. And then, as Katie said earlier, like any back or pelvic pain that's kind of abnormal for you that started to creep up. So if you go for a run and every time you're like, oh, my left hip is really. Bothering me sometimes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's exactly my
1: issue. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. 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 because yeah. Yeah. I did not realize
3: that there would be a connection there. Okay, yeah, huge. Yeah. Yeah. There was a study that came out in 2010 ish, early, early, that around then, uh, that like 96% of back pain actually
2: has pelvic floor
3: components. So, if you've been treating your yeah. back through and I, I'm not disregarding physios because I think it is becoming even more mainstream in physio that people are asking at least about the pelvic floor because it's one of the four major components of your core. So when I talk to people about their core muscles, it's like it's your diaphragm, it's your pelvic floor, it's transversus abdominis in the front, which is your big muscle in the front, and then your your backs and your back stabilizers. And so they work together as a system. And I don't think a lot of people. I Know that. So, so if one, one of them, them or m- multiple of them, them are not doing a great job, that can that can kind of show itself as back pain in some people. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, or hip pain. Yeah. Yep. Um, where were we at? So, cool. other other flags. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, um, piglet intercourse. Yeah. Yes. And what's what's. I'm not sure if it's good to highlight this or if it's mildly depressing, is that in the women's health world, we've been told to now start giving premenopause information at 35 because that's where we'll see bone density changes happen, and women can go into menopause as early as their 40s. Right. So if we're going to build up muscle mass, if we're going to fix these problems in a preventative strategy, we need to address it and give you enough time to do that. Um, so it's almost like we're sliding from postpartum yeah, straight into really pre-menopause. Yeah. yeah, that's like,
3: oh. Yeah. And unfortunately, like, bone density and muscle mass,
2: like, we know
3: we start to lose muscle mass at, like, an incredible rate, like, anywhere really past, like, 30. So unless you're engaging in resistance exercise to maintain your muscle mass, like... You lose it. You don't use it. You lose it. Well.
1: Lose it yeah. <laughs> it <is laughs> Especially like since so many women these days are waiting till their thirties to have their yeah. baby. So yeah, it's like basically you have a baby and look, welcome to menopause. Yeah. Right. right. So right we're playing that yeah. yeah. on the healthcare. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Absolutely. Right. well, we're gonna leave it on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very <happy>, you know? good. <laughs> we like, in
2: the 70s and like, wow, man, wow, <laughs> i
0: All right. <laughs> <laughs> so if people like me want to find a word, yes, where do they find you?
2: So you can find us on our website at www.motherhoodlink.ca and we have loads of free resources because we're really passionate about trying to educate women. So you can find us there. You can find us on Facebook at Motherhood Link and we're on Instagram as well. Yeah.
0: Fantastic, and you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, PicklePlanetMonken on Rogers TV, absolutely, Instagram, Facebook. We're we're everywhere. we're everywhere.
1: <laughs> and yeah. one thing before we go, you guys have a Black Friday sale on. We do. We do. So This yes, goes
3: until great. when? The end of the month? Uh, yeah. So we're we're gonna run it, I think, for another week. So past Black Friday, so Friday to Friday, and then we also have a code for Pickle Planet. So if this if someone runs into this after Black <laughs> Friday is over, it's <laughs> just Pickle Planet nineteen.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Check Check them out, (laughs) motherhoodlink.ca.